Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Me and a Bunch of White Girls. This is episode eight um, of the podcast. I'm still having so much fun. I'm your host, Clark. I'm a consultant based in Washington, D.C., and I've been bringing my friends, women, and friends of color to the studio, which is also my kitchen, which is also my living room. <laughs> um, I've been bringing them uh, into this space to talk about microaggressions, macroaggressions, and white lady bullshit nonsense. Um, and I'm really excited to have today's guest, Jemima. I've known Jemima for a good couple of years now. Yeah. I think I met you like really soon after I moved to DC and I started working at, yeah, about three years. Um, Jemima is a world traveler. Um, I really want to get into all the places you've lived. Definitely going to have to do a countdown. Um, who is now based in Washington, DC, working for a consulting firm. Jemima, of course. Are you kidding? Please. Thank you for coming to all the way to the studio. Yes. This is amazing studio. (laughs) Well, you know. Uh, yes, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a world traveler. How many yeah. countries have you lived in? Okay, so before moving to the States, I had lived in four countries. So we started, so my family's from Ghana originally, um, and I was born in Japan. And we lived there till I was five, then moved to the UAE, uh, living in Dubai for another five years. Then we moved to Ghana. When my dad was moved, he moved back to Japan for work, and then the rest of us were in Ghana. Um, parents wanted us to learn about our culture and just yes. like be with family more. Yes. Um, and we were there for three years, so yeah. So when I turned 13, we had moved to South Africa. Wow, yeah. so that was very interesting. Um, and after, yeah, after South Africa, oh, yeah, 16. I moved to Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> so my, my first experience of America was Brentwood, Tennessee. That's wow. not too far from Nashville. And I... America was definitely not what I expected. <laughs> I will say that. Um, yeah, so like my... Who I am is definitely fueled by my international experience and I definitely do call myself a third culture uh, mm. kid. And I mean, that's a, a concept that they give for people who's like moved around a lot, lived in different cultures, where you're in between your own culture and the culture that you live in. And yeah, so it's a mixture of all the experiences you've ever had. And if you had a choice, would you do it all over again? Is there a particular place you would have loved to stay and just cultivate a full life? I mean, I love the experience of having lived in so many places. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could have just stayed at, in South Africa. We didn't mm. need to like move here. Mm. I think I would have been good to like, finish my high school. Ooh. Yeah, knowing what I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, um, you know, but the thing is, like, I the people I've met, like you and Allison and everyone, is just so important to me. Mm. So. I can't be like, oh, I'm not going to go here because then that may mean that I will never meet you. Exactly. Yeah, so you got to accept <laughs> everything as is. I totally understand that because I grew up all over the U.S. because yeah. my dad was in the Air Force. So I moved all over the continental United right. States. And I, I 
feel like I would not be the person I am right now without mm-hmm. all of those experiences. Right. Sure, maybe I would have, but yes. I really do believe that every step I took along the way got me to the next place and yeah. to the next group of friends and college. Like I wouldn't have gone to the same school mm-hmm. that I went to if I'd stayed living in New Mexico all throughout middle and high school or mm-hmm. if I'd only lived in Fairfax, Virginia for my entire life. Like, right. uh, if I had stayed in Nebraska where I was born. <laughs> you were born in Nebraska? I was born in Nebraska. It was the only black child born on October 19th, 1991 <gasps> in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, I, was <laughs> yeah. I was the only black child born in Tokyo. <laughs> There are also other black babies in Omaha, Nebraska, born other, I'm sure. But in that hospital, yes. I was the only one. <laughs> yes, like I, I would be different and I really do like who I am. So it's kind of hard to be like, well would have been awesome to never have gone to school there (laughs) but i do think about it all the time and i do wish we'd stayed in new mexico longer i do wish that but you know it's fine it is what it is it's okay life is a journey (laughs) as they say (laughs) i was so cliche excuse me listeners (laughs) they're like wait i didn't subscribe for this anyways um but don't worry, we don't have these like plaques, yeah. wooden plaques yeah. in our house that say these things, so we can say it out loud yeah. every yeah. once in a while. Inspiration. <laughs> yes. So I'm glad to have you on the show. And one thing, so I I think I've said this a couple of times, but I don't know what people are going to talk about mm-hmm. until we get into yes. it. And that's been really exciting for me. Um and I think really authentic. And that's one of the reasons right. why I wanted to have a show in the first place. Because it was like, I just want to have these conversations with people mm-hmm. and get to know, learn more about my friends and their experiences right. and how we've all become the women that we are. Yeah. Um, I think it's an important conversation to have. It's not linear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not all <laughs> the same. There's no monolithic experience for women of color, people of color in predominantly white spaces. Um, and you mentioned, I don't know what you're going to talk about, but I, you did mention that was a college experience. Yeah. And one thing that's been really exciting about the early episodes of the show is that we've been talking about high school and college mm-hmm. for the most part. And I feel like that's so important because those are like really formative years yeah. Not only, like, as you're growing into yourself and in your body, but, like, mentally yes. forming your, your ideas on who you are and who you want to be. And you're also really vulnerable right. to negativity yeah. and toxicity in a way that I feel like when you're a little kid, it kind of gets brushed off your shoulder faster than it does from ages, like, 13 to 21, yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. Um, I am not, like, a child psychologist <laughs> I, I don't know if that's actually right. true but so yeah so tell yeah. us a little bit about this experience yeah. okay. and where did you go to college right, so I went to University of Dayton that's in Dayton Ohio and it is a Marianist Catholic school oh so kind of think of like a, a Jesuit okay so okay. but they follow uh, Mother Mary or, yeah that's their main focus in okay. their teachings I guess okay say. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a small private school, and yeah, 
I was in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. And I was like, how do you end up in Ohio? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. I'm like, scholarship. Yes. Go where the yeah. money is. Um, so, yeah. So, and I also ended up uh, being in the honors program. Great. So, I was in the building. So, we have, there's an honors floors um, in one freshman building. And this was my first year. And in that first year, they had given all the students this one book to read about a nonviolent approach to dealing with conflict. Interesting. And, yeah. So, so it was a very interesting book. I, I loved it. And um, so everyone was supposed to have read this book because the author was going to come to the school and do a whole talk. And before the talk, they decided to have many, uh, I guess, group sessions with students okay so from my floor that was the honest floor and it was girls we all came together and like sat in our the little uh, lounge area mm-hmm. and had two professors leading the conversation and i'm trying to think i was, was i the only black girl i feel like i was one of two black oh there was definitely another black girl but she was on the basketball team okay. so i didn't see her that much got it um and i think there was another black girl but we're not that many. Um, and then there was a couple of Singaporeans, uh, Chinese. So, like, there are a few mm-hmm. minority women of color folks, uh, but the majority was white. So we're sitting in this room having conversations. Um, I'm, like, this is the beginning of the year, and I'm a, generally a very shy, quiet person. So mm-hmm. I, and I don't like conflict, so I'm just, like sitting on the sideline, mm-hmm. just, like, observing. I like to observe. And one of the professors were asking about um, civil rights movement here in America, MLK, mm. and the use of nonviolence in that specific. Mm-hmm. And this white girl, Anna, because I never <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? Like, we can remember these faces yes. like they are related yeah. to us. And I remember, I just, like, was looking there. She put her hand up and had the balls to say that the approach that MLK and all the other civil rights activists used in terms of nonviolence was stupid. And... I, I was I was stunned into silence. I think a lot of the other girls was also stunned into silence. Mm-hmm. And we're all like looking at her and I was looking at my professors to be like, are you all gonna do something? Because yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't even know this girl like that. Like so so many things were running through my head. Yeah. And like she said that then I think the professor said something and she decided to expand on her <laughs> initial comment. And I just like, I mean, and I don't honestly don't remember what the professor said because my mind went blank. Mm-hmm. I just so read and I was just thinking about like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if MLK and all of the rights folks didn't do what they did, do you think I would be in this country, mm-hmm. let alone in this room mm. with you mm. and I was so mad but like I I didn't know how to verbalize it mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to say so there was just silence and yeah. no one I don't I don't even know whether her friends called her out on right. it or anything I don't think anybody approached her at all and I just remember like afterwards I was talking to 
my best friend and I was like, and, and she's white. Um, and I was telling her, like, I was so mad. Like, should I go and like mm. talk to her or is it too late? Mm. Like, you know, cause like, it's not as powerful cause it's like beyond that yes, moment. You're like, I would like to get hot about right. the thing you said <laughs> two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, it's like, I gotta let it, I gotta let it go. But like also, like, what? You're from America. I'm not even from here, and you're telling me that the the the, the actions and the resistance and the, the nonviolence was stupid, and then they should have been violent. I, what is I, what is the thought process? What what did you want a war? Like I don't mm. like <laughs> you wanted us to be aggressive. She wanted a race war. I, I was just like, and like she always like had given me the vibe of someone not to. <laughs> Talk to because <laughs> you know the people to avoid. Yeah, and like I, I would talk to like her friends that were around her. Like I could talk to them, but like I wasn't like best buds, but like no. acquaintances, and yeah. you can like have a quick chit chat and talk about bullshit, like nothing yeah. serious. Yeah. But like after that moment, I was like, yeah, she's the one to watch out for. Don't <laughs> <laughs> me around her. Wrote her name down in a book, like. Yeah. Two right. Got it. And this has been like my third year being in the yeah. States. And wow. coming from, like, I think that's one thing that I think a lot of like Americans don't understand is like um, the whole as concept of race is not something that I personally have to think about every day of my life yeah. living in the different countries I lived in. Yeah. Like, it was not the first thought of everything I did. So then I come to this country where everything is about you being black. Mm. And I'm just like, what? I don't, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand what you want from me. Like, even, I remember uh, high school. So, yeah, junior year was my, yeah, the first year. You moved to the U.S. Yeah. Tennessee. And Tennessee, yeah. And I, I know, Tennessee. So I walk in and, like, this group of black uh, students on one end and then Asian kids I think the, yeah the Koreans group of them together white kids just like walking around and our school's majority white mm-hmm. and like the black kids are just like looking at me and I'm just like I, am I supposed to approach you like I don't mm-hmm. this is a very different environment because like I had been yeah. in international schools yeah. in South Africa yeah. in the UAE so I'm used to people approaching me and being like, hey, and like, they're usually like, well, the school in South Africa was very small. So, you know, people approaching me like, hey, you're a new person. Yeah. Like, let's show Tell us about you. What's your story? Where have you lived? And like, here I'm just being looked at. And I, because, granted, because my accent is this generic American, nobody, they don't realize that I'm not from here. So they assume that I'm American. So I should know all the Mm. things that everyone knows. And I'm like, no <laughs> this is not right. my experience yeah. right and so I have that two years high school and then my first year in college in America and then I got this white person <laughs> <laughs> saying that it was stupid for the choices of MLK and civil rights and I'm like wow America <laughs> and the fact that she felt so comfortable to say it so out loud oh, yes defend her stand and she didn't see anything wrong with it and I'm like there's no hint to her that everyone was quiet and staring at her she didn't see that as anything 
Um, and like I've always felt like even in that space coming in, like I mean, we all get judged, mm-hmm. you know this. But like I could tell, like a few of the white girls were not initially like friendly with me, mm-hmm. and it's not until like they started talking to me, they're like, oh, mm. she's cool. Like I can be comfortable with her, mm. and like. I mean, you can just sense it. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no, like, verbal anything. Yeah. But you can tell. Um, but, like, I mean, I had a nice group of friends um, on that floor who, like, we immediately bonded and which was cool. But then I could tell, like, <laughs> with these other girls, it's like, okay, I, you guys are judging me hard and mm. you don't know me. And then it's not until I tell my life story that you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> but girl, born in Japan, that's not like regular <laughs> <laughs> so so you had this conversation what yeah. were the classes like that you took like yeah. were they more diverse did you take any like african-american studies africana mm-hmm. studies like what yeah. did those spaces look like and what did white people say there right so um so i studied uh international studies mm-hmm. and poli-sci and even in the classroom, it was mainly majority white. Yeah. Um, I think the, there was one class that I did take. Oh, yeah. they, they focused on uh, race and diversity. And it was sort of this like honors course that we had to sit in. And that was a really cor- good course. And it was, I'd say, more diverse than, than usual. Mm. Um, but like there was a moment when this white guy... They were telling us about something about this like old Asian man and his comment was directed to the Asian old Asian guy rather than the the, the actions of the white person. Yeah. And like there was a moment where we all looked at him like, What why did you just say that? That doesn't like you're focused on the on the victim instead of yeah. the oppressor. And yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was, like... And you had a lot of instances like that. I, I took a poli class, and this white guy raised his hand and told the class that the Civil War was about the economy and not about slavery. <laughs> and I was one of three black girls... I'm sorry, black... Yeah, black people in that class. And I was up front, and he said that. And I'm like... And this... Uh, professor person he he was he used to be like a governor or some political mm-hmm. pop and like he already had I already was like not trusting him and he didn't like call him out on this shit yeah. so I raised my hand and I was like well I from Ghana but like I went to like two years of high school here and I don't remember in US history being told that <laughs> So the war is not about slavery. That's new to me. And like there was, and that was it. Like there was no, there's no, there's no one to be like, hey, dude, no. Like it's not just about economy. It's all connected. Yes. Uh, but like to say it's not about slavery is <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think. One of the things that is so upsetting is that you're in an educational space yeah. where there are teachers, where there are professors who are supposedly there to educate mm-hmm. and create space for people to like 
gain further other understanding. Yeah. And nobody was even doing that. No. In those two instances, those three instances, <laughs> yeah. no professor said, um, you're not actually thinking about this right. in the broader, to even be like, did you read the text from the class <laughs> or do you, are you just spouting shit out? Right. Like what, what did you read? <laughs> yeah. did you, and I get it. Th- th- like there was no nothing. Mm-hmm. And I will say that, that one, uh, class about race and diversity, like, so the, had, it was one, it was a white professor, white female professor and, um, an older, yeah, Asian professor who was leading the class. So he, they, they did try to like have a full discussion about the comment that mm-hmm. the guy made. I wish I had like remembered more mm-hmm. exactly about the specifics, but like they actually did try to have a conversation mm-hmm. while old white man <laughs> in a poli-sci class was just like, okay, like cool, like he, moving on. Anyway, yeah. like what? This is, those those professors am I like they failed? Yeah, yeah. They failed their white students probably because they didn't think anything was wrong with right. what they said. And like it speaks so much to America and the thought of race. It just weirds me out that mm-hmm. like how in these schools, like you talk about okay. We got uh, the colonizers coming onto this land, mm-hmm. committing genocide, which they mm-hmm. the term they don't use yes. at all, but yes. it is genocide yes. against Native Americans. And then you stole black people because you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to speak the truth about the horrors. You're so yeah. focused on this building of a democracy. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. your country was built on lies, death, war, like... Stop telling me about like oh it's a land of immigrants and we're out to <laughs> I just it's like I feel like if truth is told yeah it'll help a little bit because then you can't have all these like little white kids running around telling me that the civil wars by <laughs> economics only and not about slavery. <laughs> um. textbooks were better like yeah. it, it it's it's part of the institutionalized racism mm-hmm. that's been in this country For since sure. day one yeah. because like we've created books that we are like this is are you a public school okay mm-hmm. this is your textbook yeah. this is the curriculum this and it goes state by state it varies yeah. like this is the curriculum this is what you should be teaching. this 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 and those have it so wrong or like mm-hmm. are not telling the full story right because they don't want to actually educate yeah, you. Yeah, because surface level mm-hmm. shit. And, mm-hmm. that's it. and you just go, well, that's why you've got like kids running around thinking yeah. Africa is a country and not a whole continent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You, yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. there's so many things yeah. that are just, you just go, America, why? <laughs> 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 I don't know. And I don't think I'll ever know. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't. Well, I always believe that part of the problem is, especially after uh, the end of slavery, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, there was no true um, uh, transition period where you're saying, as 
when South Africa, after apartheid that had ended, they had done a truth and reconciliation mm. process where you had uh, Afrikaners, um, Black South Africans, the English white South Africans mm. come and speak on what they well on the side of Afrikaners like yeah. what they did the things they committed and then having Black South, Afri- South Africans say what happened to them yeah. and point out the actual the oppressors and the transgressors and all these things yeah. so there was an actual discussion it wasn't perfect mm. but there was an attempt to be like oh we need to have a full discussion of what happened in all of these years how you know you came onto our land mm. and <laughs> you know, created these laws and oppressed us, and you had to have a conversation. America never had that. America was just just bundled itself <laughs> from slavery in, into like creating prisons, and it, like it was there was never a conversation, mm-hmm. an honest conversation, going like, mm-hmm, yes, so these white people did all of these things, yeah. committed all of these horrors, um, and even those who did not. Uh, directly uh, act in these things, they still benefited. Absolutely. And like, let's be real, the North, if we hadn't been trans, uh, transitioning from a agriculture, yeah, agriculture economy to industrial economy, yeah. would they have actually been like, yeah. oh, let's free the slaves? Because it wasn't going mm. to be a benefit to them if mm. we're all still in the agricultural mm. economy. That's always my thought because mm. I'm like, the North always like to act as if they weren't part of the problem. Because if you really care from the beginning, you would have been <laughs> saying, hey, yeah. maybe let's not bring all these black mm-hmm. people and enslave them, but we can maybe bring them, but like, let's pay them. <laughs> well, that's, and, and that's like, you know, when the country was not founded, but right. like really started to get its sea legs. Yes. <laughs> right? They're like, ooh, this money-making thing, this, mm-hmm. this way to be independent and have our own economy, right. like completely separate from this empire over here, and we can create our own mm-hmm. empire. Like it relied on black bodies yeah. too heavily yes. to allow for like, even even like a caste system, like the indentured servitude right. of, white people yes. in America um, and other parts of the world. They couldn't even let something like that happen because mm-hmm. then there's still a way out. So right. you're losing bodies as, you know, as that system develops and people like, you know, quote unquote, like <laughs> earn their freedom <laughs> out. Like there's no way to earn, earn it. it. And one of the things, so I, um, I spent a lot of time at African American History Museum. Um, the Blacksonian is my friend Danielle and, uh, her partner Gabby likes to call it. Um, <laughs> I like that. I've adapted that term from them. Um, they uh, in the museum they have like a section where they talk about this difference between like African slaves and indentured white servitude, Good. and how like there were definitely people who saw the potential of like, right. oh, okay, they're going to start asking, well, we mm-hmm. can't have that. And it created whiteness because it made slavery inherited right. based on blackness. Yeah. And the country has like never <laughs> addressed that. I right. Like start there. Like, the yeah. minute you created whiteness mm-hmm. in this country, you completely fucked. <laughs> completely fucked. Yeah. Black people right. and their descendants forever. Yeah, absolutely. And the few people you let like 
quote unquote through the mm-hmm. system. Beyonce's great. I love her. Right. But there's a reason why like there are not multiple versions of her out in this world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like as amazing as LeBron James is like right. they there are there's a reason why you can only name a handful, handful. of successful, wealthy yes. black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, to me it starts right at that beginning. Yeah. Where you created whiteness. Yeah. And you don't want to have that conversation. And you don't want to have that conversation. And I think I mean I can talk for white people, but I do feel like they feel either so embarrassed mm. or they just don't want to face the truth. <laughs> I think it's they don't want to face the truth. And I I'm doubt like, they're embarrassed. Well, the liberal white folks are embarrassed. Oh, maybe. fair. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, let's just scratch off. Honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm yeah. like, I, I remember a friend asked me in college. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't white, but she asked me if I felt ashamed of like being if I ever felt like ashamed of being black oh. and knowing like black history right. and I had never been asked that yeah <laughs> that's, that's not um, and I was like I'm like I, I got upset internally and I tried mm-hmm. not to get upset like in that moment right. and I'm like I will never feel ashamed for anything that was done to, to yeah me or my ancestors if anything I feel like this sense of like noble pride that mm-hmm. through hundreds of years right. of world history mm-hmm. like everything that could have been that has been done to demean diminish right. reject exterminate black and brown people mm-hmm. in this in the world, world. yes like, we're still here. Yeah. Rising up. Rising up. Like, yeah. there are multiple people who suffered a lot for me to be here right yeah. now in this country mm-hmm. saying mean shit about white people <laughs> on a <laughs> mic. Like, a lot of people yes. suffered for that. Why would I ever feel ashamed I that they survived? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, there, I'm like, why? Are there black people out here ashamed? Yeah. I really hope there are not black people out here ashamed. I mean, and that's the one thing, like, white people have never made me feel. Like, right. they've made me feel ugly. They've right. made me feel dumb. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt shame. shame. Yeah. Maybe she's speaking more to, like, anti-blackness. I feel like that's maybe. maybe. <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Huh. They've made me pissed. But I've never felt shame. Right. Yeah. Not never, ever. That's not something that pops in my head. Why would no. you feel shame? <laughs> like, maybe lose shit. Anything. Do anything. Like, what? Shit. We're just living our lives and y'all popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> you can stay in your own damn countries. <laughs> like, you can't mind your own business. Right. And, I mean, honestly, that's what this country is kind of found You can't mind your own business. Just because, stay in your lane. I mean, right. But Ugh. like that's imperialism. You don't because there's a new book. I I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. I don't. When I read, it's mostly for fun. Same here. Um, <laughs> so I don't. 
Um, I haven't read this book, but it was like, you know, how to build an empire and basically about the U.S. and expansionism and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then pushing the Native Americans aside. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing. I I hope maybe eventually you'll be able to get a Native American uh, femme woman uh, Mm -hmm. here. But like their experience in America Mm -hmm. on their land. Mm -hmm. It's I've like since moving here, I'm just mm-hmm. like America. You're making no sense. You act like they're not here. They are yeah. here, yeah. and there's not like it's like oh, they show up once in a while, and they're reminded that they're but I'm like no, they're living their lives. They're dealing mm-hmm. with your government bullshit, mm-hmm. and are dealing with all the. I call all of them and all like their women being stolen and, mm-hmm. and sex trade and all that stuff. Yeah, there's never any true conversation about them. That also like there's a lot of things about Mecca that blew my mind when it moved here. <laughs> what were the top three things that blew your mind about America when you first got here? Um, okay, we'll say uh, oh, I'm like, I can, can I do uh, it, in no specific order. Yes. Oh, uh, we talk about like. Segregation because people act like it ended, but I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you still have like whole ass black neighborhoods, whole ass white neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. even the neighborhood I moved to in Brentwood. I I believe like Brentwood's supposed to be like was like one of the richest counties or something in Mm -hmm. America at that time. Um, I don't know whether it's still is, but like, yeah, majority of yeah, the kids there were white. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, so America's not, because in my head I was like, oh, America's like a mini world where mm. you have what I've experienced in international schools on the actual country level where you have people from around oh. the world. That's also, yeah, I was that like, is oh. very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I get here and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> so that was oh, one thing. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know, celebrate each other's differences. Oh, yeah, but, hmm. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, and then another big thing for me was definitely like race. I like I didn't realize how much of it is ingrained in mm-hmm. all aspects of mm-hmm. America, um, and that also speaks to like how like. Black Americans see like Black Africans and all that. I know how white people see Africans, and yes. there's so many levels to this. Yes, <laughs> like this gives you, uh, and just like, and I also didn't realize how much Americans in general didn't know about the rest of the world. Like, and I think because I was like, I went to a, it was an American international school in South yes. Africa, so the Americans there. Obviously, had looked around the world and yes. big time, but like your average American, <laughs> sometimes this I worked at uh, Macy's, so this is an experience. Well, in, in a this was majority white, in, it was in New Jersey, south New, south New Jersey, and my immediate supervisor, she like was asking me um, about my background, and I was telling her. That yeah, family's from Ghana. Yeah. We've moved around, da da da, and she she just like got all very concerned and was like, "Well, I'm I'm sure you're very happy to to be here now." Oh, and I was no, like, no, 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 
that I went to like international schools and <laughs> I mean I have been I've had a definitely a privileged life. So you just assume that I said Ghana and thought that we're you know dealing with all the shit that some of the African countries deal with. But you didn't ask me. You just are like assuming that I'm yeah. so happy to be here. In like, good old civilization. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'll just... But, like, wow. I'm not going to say anything. I was like, yeah, America's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, I guess. I don't know. Y'all seem to hate each other a lot, but whatever. Yeah, so that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, you guys mm. have very interesting thoughts mm. about the entire continent. And actually just yeah. the quote-unquote developing countries yes. in general. Yes. Because... Um, there, I feel like uh, as people in general here feel like we're all rushing to come here um, because it's just America. But like, no, people want to stay in their countries. No one yeah. wants to like leave their home and their cultures. Yeah. But like, if what your if your environment isn't great, then you're being told by America itself mm-hmm. that we're the best country in the world mm-hmm. and can have all these opportunities. Do you expect? <laughs> but, you know, and also there are other people who are like just moving around, and I'm yeah. just one of the people. Just I've been fortunate that I've just been moving around, and America happens to be one of my one of the places. Yeah, so there's there's that experience with a white lady. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I I didn't hear. I never heard it directly, but I went to school, high school in mm-hmm. Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. and. I had other black friends of mine at my high school, one of the best high schools in the state, apparently, and there was a white woman, girl, we were children, um, who was actually a valedictorian, (laughs) who would make, and there's there's like a level where I, because I was not there, Mm -hmm. definitely racism, Mm -hmm. and definitely some just like plain old annoying ass contrarianism, where Mm -hmm. I was just like, you just want to be contrary to be a yeah. And I really, really have a problem with people like that because you're offensive more often than you're like spurring an interesting debate. Right. You're being a dick yeah. and you don't care mm-hmm. who you're hurting in the process of yeah. that. And to some other black friends of mine, she was like, well, you should be like, you should be glad that like you're living America now. Like, look at Africa. It's such a fucking mess over there. And like, look at, look at the, look at what you've got now. <laughs> Come on, America. She actually shut, she said that out loud in 2000 between the years of yeah. 2006 and 2019, and, I don't remember, or 2010, yeah. I don't remember when she said it, but I'm like, what? How much of you actually believes that? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really worried and scared. It's a decent amount of you yeah. actually believes that shit, and mm-hmm. you have no education, context, mm-hmm. or interest in learning that part of the continent's problems were created, exists mm-hmm. because of white colonialism. Yes, like you, like if you knew mm-hmm. that, those words would not come, come out. Some supposed valedictorian ass bitch is <laughs> <laughs> gonna like. I mean, I. Drives me in yeah. wild, but she was one of say you know, like exactly. Yeah. I'm like you're valedictorian. That right. means you're supposed to be smarter than the rest of mm-hmm. us in a lot of people's opinions, and you're out here saying that shit out loud. That's actually. It just reminds me what one of my white professors. He actually were doing we're doing uh, some kind of activity or something, and he was like asking questions about. He he went 
oh, what are the benefits of slavery? Trying to like test what benefits. What is it? What are the upsides? He was trying to say that people say that you know America wouldn't be America. Like black people wouldn't be here without slavery. And some people like what your valedictorian is saying, uh-huh. make that as a point as being a benefit of slavery. And he was like, nah, people, <laughs> that's wrong. That's fucked up. And I was just like, well, look at this white man saying. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Bringing that I feel out. like they'll listen to you. Other white people will listen to other white people. Yeah. And to a certain point, you know, I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I'd have to talk to some of the friends who actually heard this voice mm-hmm. aloud directly directed to yeah. them. Um, I'm not sure what they said in response, but I know that there wasn't a white person who stepped in like, look, dummy. <laughs> like, that ain't right. And that makes no sense. And you're talking shit. Girl, shut the fuck up and take it down. Drag your friends. Yes. Get, come get her. Like, why? And we talk about this on the show a number of times yeah. already about doing emotional labor for white people right. and educating them yes. even when that is not our job. Yeah. And on a day-to-day, mm-hmm. that is not what we are present and right. there in the space to do. And in that moment, I it, and, and it goes back to the scenarios where you're talking about this Anna and this guy, this other white guy mm-hmm. from your class and talking, like, directing all <laughs> this venom <laughs> towards the oppressed yeah. because he sees himself he recognizes the actions of the oppressor because yeah. they it is him mm-hmm. he can understand that but every time there is a white person in the space who could show up and be like you're wrong here's where you're missing here's where you don't understand this is the book you need right. to read this is this the article way. you need to read and that and that's that yeah you know like no one did that no. and i think that is one of the biggest problems that's with right. this like lack of education yes it's sure. just a continued cycle because you're not saying anything yeah. and you yeah. are the only person these people are actually gonna listen to and <laughs> take seriously right. like you have got to do your fucking job yeah speak out if you're gonna be a white person <laughs> like do it with some intention right please <laughs> this your privilege on your skin yes so utilize it yes Yes, yeah. and 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 there wasn't any of that in those yeah. scenarios that you mentioned in your yeah. college life, and then right. I mean it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. And in an education Asian. space, right? The space where you're like, supposed to be educating, so wild. And like there, there were little instances because like Dayton, I guess like a lot of the different cities across America has the whole West Side East Side thing where you have like a lot mm-hmm. of black mm-hmm. folks being up and like. Due to history, that you have mm-hmm. them being on a lower, lower social yes. economic. So yes. you see that in Dayton, Ohio. Yes. And then I'm in a school where it's like, yeah, most of white kids are rich because mm. it is an expensive private school. Private school and then yeah. you have, you know, a group of black kids and there's a whole multicultural center and all these things mm. to help them. But like, it's not like, you know, Dayton was. There are people who love that school. Mm. And also, maybe because I'm, I've moved around a lot, so I'm not, I don't get attached yeah. to places as much. Yeah. But, like, there are just instances where I'm just like, mm, y'all could have done better. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> I'm not out here, like, Caping for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. No. So, in these instances, I mean, you've been in D.C. for a little while yeah. now, and if you were to hear something like that again, because there right. are... 
so many people right. who will reiterate the dumb shit, shit. they learned yeah. from their shitty teachers. Um, what's like the response to that? Do you, because again, when we're talking about the emotional right. labor, are you doing the work or are you like, read this and then come back to me in a week? <laughs> like, I think completely disengaged. Me, it's always been, if, you're, if I'm friends with you, mm-hmm. I will take the time and have mm-hmm. conversations and we will, I'll ask you questions yeah. so that you can talk and figure it out for yourself. That's, mm-hmm. that's how usually I like to do things. If I don't know you, I don't, I don't have a tendency to talk to people. I don't know like that. First, I gotta actually have a conversation with somebody I don't yeah. know to get to the point where they're right. saying microaggressive nonsense. Yeah. But I mean, there was, and this is something I'm personally trying to work on and being more vocal because I, I, I do, I don't like conflict, like I said. So I don't say the things that I need to say, and I also don't like being emotional because mm-hmm. I find that. I was actually telling one of the white girls in my in my uh, office that like I don't like being emotional because I find that people don't listen to you when you become emotional and like very choked up about something someone said. That if you're able to say in a clear, straightforward manner, mm-hmm. they usually like get it better. Mm-hmm. And so there was one instance. Was it? it was still my first year of being DC, and it was a. F- friends of a friend's like birthday party thing and like a group of us went and so my friend's friend i'm kind of had a conversation with her and then another close friend and she's she had her job was traveling around the world and she has been to multiple african countries Uh um not including ghana but she's been to like a few west african countries and she was talking and she said yeah the cities um that i've been in like you know, they're not real African cities. <laughs> and I was like, like in my head, I'm thinking, and then she turns to me and like, I'm right, right? And uh, I just like, I just start, I, I start laughing. I'm like, uh-huh. So like, have you been to like the villages? Cause like, that's my, my initial reaction is to ask you questions. Mm. Um, but like, I could see how that could be seeing me agreeing with her. And mm. I was so mad at myself that moment. Mm. I was like, fuck, I should have been like, bitch, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> African, like mm-hmm. what the fuck are you mm-hmm. thinking? You're working for this organization and going around, and yeah. this is the thought of yeah. like my cities on yeah. my continent. Yeah, and like we had it was her, also it was her birthday, uh-huh. so I think that also like impacted my yep. um, ability to like think things through. And like she had been called away, and like from that time on, throughout the rest of the party. I was so angry at myself. Yeah. Like, I was just like, and like, because may, most people would just be mad that she said it, but I was more mad at my own reaction because mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I'm the only black person here. Mm-hmm. I'm from the continent. Like, what am I doing? I'm not rapping for my ancestors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so, so mad. So, like, I think right before we left and like we were saying goodbyes, like, I was like, hey, by the way, like, you know that like African cities are African, right? And she's and she was just she's like yeah yeah yeah, but she was dismissive mm-hmm. of me trying to like talk to have her. A, yeah, right. have this but like we're leaving anyways, and I haven't never seen that girl since. And like mm-hmm. I had told the story to um, my, our mutual friend, yeah. and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> like 
these are people, girl. Yeah. right, who are out here in like these organizations that supposedly supposed to be helping the continent, and these are the thoughts, <laughs> quote, unquote, quote unquote, helping the continent, and but yeah, so like just moments like that, as like now having like it's been three years, yeah. I'm like okay, I know my reaction. I'm thinking I'll be better at like just you know, regardless of the situation, just politely being like actually. You know, the civilization started on the continent, so like our cities are cool. We're good. Like we don't need you to think that we're not African enough because you didn't see pups or yeah. lions just like willy nilly walking around or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you whatever you expect, right? Yeah, yeah. If so, anything, it's a sign of your poor education that you couldn't imagine or fathom right. any other version of a continent of the cities on we the continent that you saw. We got like we got houses, we got shit. Like what do you it's not just the things that you watch on these little commercials of like yeah. the poor little black child asking you for a dollar a day or whatever yeah. that thing is. Like we're we're more than that. And yeah, but that that kind of thinking is like not not only the white Americans, but it is uh, like Black Americans have also. But I feel like, of course, Black Americans are open to learning about the continent because mm-hmm. directly from there, yeah. you want to, yeah, like you want to feel connected. Yeah, white people just some of y'all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Do yourself a service and like learn. <laughs> yes, please. That is like honestly, that that is the show. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. <laughs> And go learn something. So on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Jemima, for coming. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. And you're going to be back. I mean, literally, people don't know this, but this show's not going anywhere. I have so many things I want to talk about. So many things I'm going to talk about. You're going to hear from Jemima again. I'll be back. So, uh, as usual, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mbwg podcast but i realize i have to do another ask because you know things and i'm really like trying to get better at this. um if you are listening on apple podcasts itunes please subscribe please leave us a review uh you know give us a rating on the show we are slowly building up i think we're up to like 12 or 15 ratings at this point i'm so excited we're still five out of five I mean, it's like 12. <laughs> but there's a meaningful 12 because, I mean, I'm one of those people who, like, loves things but never rate anything, so. Yes, like, you know. please rate, subscribe, and review the show. I would love that feedback. And this is how the show, like, rises in the rankings on Apple Podcasts. Like, this is how we get noticed. Noticed. Thank you for listening. And please stay tuned for more bonus content from Jemima. Subscribe on our Patreon, become a patron of the show for a dollar a month or five dollars a month, whatever you feel most comfortable doing. Um, and you'll get to get some bonus content from Jemima and maybe hear her sing a song or two. I don't know. We've been drinking for a little while, so I think I can get a song or two out of her. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, see ya.